This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What is going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is July 6th, 2020. I'm here with my co-host, Luke Sylvia. How are you doing? I'm good, man. We're we're getting there, you know. We're in we're in the month, Jonathan. We are in the month it, of it the is, NBA. It is hopefully gonna come back. Um, yeah, first of all, how was your your July Fourth? That's what I was special? gonna say. I hope everybody had a great July Fourth. No, we didn't really do anything at all. We like went for a walk, and then after like 20 minutes, my wife's like, "It's too hot. Let's go home." You know, my wife, she's you know, eight months pregnant now, mm. and she's just like, yeah, I'm over this. Sounded like a great idea, but it's it was like a 106-degree heat index yesterday. So we walked for like 10 minutes. She's like, eh, I'm good. So yeah. we came home, had a little nap action, you know, nothing mm. wrong with a, with a good nap on the Took weekend. one a day. Oh, I'm a big nap guy. Just yeah. 20, 30 minutes, it feels like you slept all night. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Outside of that, try to do some fireworks for you know my daughter she's a year and a half years old but by like nine o'clock at night by the time it got dark here she was just over it she she could care less so but uh yeah other than that man pretty good how about you we we uh so on the third uh my wife's uh parents were in town so in-laws were in town and tried to show them uh kind of the city of omaha nebraska where i live and um we went to the henry doily zoo where the it's interchangeably number one or two in the country um the zoo behind it's yeah it's it's either behind or in front of the san diego zoo so they're kind of back and forth there but we went jonathan it the feels like temperature i think that day was 94 so for those of you who think it only snows in omaha it gets pretty hot here uh reminded me of being back home but we thought that it would be pretty well socially distant and they'd be handling it well and whatnot. And once you got in the gates, it was fine. But when we got there, we realized, even though we reserved this 10 o'clock spot, we had no idea how many people could reserve, how many parties, whatever. Um, we get there and the line is like from the gate to like the road. And it's just a far, far line. We sit there. People are definitely not six feet apart. I had my mask on tight, you know, making sure Lauren had her mask on tight, being pregnant. You're like holding don't need it any over COVID over there. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we don't we don't need you contracting COVID here. Um and so yeah, we we tried to be very disciplined with the masks. Um, which we were there for quite a few hours. So doing that was man, it was it was rough. I could I was in line for two minutes and I just felt just two beads of sweat running down my back. It was that's the worst, dude. It was it was disgusting. Two minutes that, in, so we were off to a like, hot start. Even when you have deodorant on, you start to get it running down the sides. Oof. Oh, dude. Oh, Oof. we don't have to talk about it. That's that's gross. And that's we don't, exactly we don't what even have to get into, into crack sweat. That's that's oh, the right. you, complete you, worst. You, <laughs> just saying, you didn't you didn't have to? I mean, you didn't oh. have to say it. Yeah, no. But, uh, but yeah, you talk about yeah, sweat. Yeah, I mean, so there's it, worse places sweat could be, but we're not gonna. This <laughs> we're talking about perspiration too much. Anyways, we're talking about the zoo in Omaha. They right. So anyway, great zoo had some cool interactions with uh, watching gorillas and stuff, and uh, 
it was pretty wild but we'd been there before it was it was pretty awesome though but it was very hot um and then you know yesterday we kind of just hung out went to a birthday party for a, a friend of ours baby and then uh came back here and watched some fireworks from our third third floor of the apartment so um it was cool people do omaha people in omaha do fireworks unlike any place i've seen so it was pretty and pretty crazy uh a good weekend um but most of all jonathan i'm i'm ready for july 30th i'm ready to get these games going we're gonna get it going in in Wook 77 what's up in the twitch chat man thanks for listening thanks for tuning in yeah we wanted to talk a little bit some nba news um not too much orlando magic news uh, the other day, um, they were able to interview Evan Fournier uh, after one of his workout sessions, and they were asking him, you know, about if there's any pressure, you know, heading into potential free agency this summer. And he's like, "No, not really any pressure at all. You know, I'm, I have a player option, so I'm just going to run the numbers, see what it looks like, and make my decision from there." So that's something we're definitely going to want to keep a close eye on as we get into the off season, um, you know, with everything that's going on, and see what that is really going to look like. But uh, outside of that, Luke, not much Orlando Magic stuff going on this week. Yeah, not too much. Um, I know that they released a scrimmage schedule this week, um, and it looks like we've got Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets. Not sure if that's the correct order, but those are the teams we're playing. It is. Playing. No, Clippers, um, Lakers, Nuggets. You might have said that, but just to yeah. clarify. But, um, yeah, so we've got those games, Jonathan. I don't think it'll harm the Magic in any way to play those guys. I've seen some hesitancy i guess from from people and the media and and whatnot you know covering orlando that say something to the extent of like we're not sure if if that's good or bad like or if it's as good as people are making it out to be but i think you know me and you are probably the same sentiment you know challenge these guys really get us get us going we don't play those guys during the season the the resumption of the season um unless we make the finals we're not playing them in the playoffs um, right. so I don't, I don't think it hurts anything. You're, you're not giving them any familiarity with, with you, um, to, you know, game plan for the season really, um, as a result of just not playing each other. So I think it's nothing but good for, for Orlando. I think it'll be good to knock some rust off. It'll be good to get Markel going against some, some really good players as well. And along with everybody else on the magic. So I think it'll be very important though, for those young guys, um, who aren't really accustomed to the NBA life just yet um but just to see what they can do in the scrimmages probably won't be televised and other than talk about that i'm not sure but that's just my guess um i I just don't see them televising that but who knows yeah i definitely think i I, when i saw the scrimmage schedule i was like oh this is great you know what i mean we get to play against Mm -hmm. top tier teams just that measuring stick to see where we're at where we need to get uh, but also, you know, Markel Fultz especially play, has played well against the Lakers this year. Everybody knows that. But yeah. like you said, there's not really any harm in it. If you beat them, that's a confidence boost, right? Man, we just beat the Lakers. We just beat the Clippers. We just beat the Nuggets. Right. Three of the best teams in the West. And then if you mm-hmm. lose, it's, oh, it was a scrimmage. It's not. It doesn't count. It's not really a big deal. Um, but once again, it's going to give them the opportunity to see how they measure up against some of the best teams in the league. So, um, I think it's great. I think it's good that they're doing this kind of um, inner conference. These scrimmages seem to be um, so that you, you're not really, you know, getting an early look at some of the teams that you're going to be playing against as they play the last eight games of the regular season. But uh, outside of that, really breaking news uh, within the last half hour or so that the Milwaukee Bucks practice facility has been shut down uh, due to COVID-19 exposure. 
So they are set to leave um, Milwaukee on Thursday to fly to Orlando. Um, the team will not reconvene prior to that, Luke. So it just seems like every couple of days or every other day that you know there's a, another team that has to shut down their facilities due to COVID-19. It's just like every time this happens, I'm just like just holding my breath, you know, mm-hmm. hoping the NBA doesn't come in and say, all right, forget all this. We're going to cancel it, right? Because we've talked about it. If if safety is really the number one concern, they wouldn't be playing basketball. Yeah. They just wouldn't. So it seems like they're just kind of like seeing, like at some point there's got to be a breaking point. But I think that you know threshold is going to be pretty high as far as what they're going to tolerate for the players to you know to get um, you know COVID exposure. I think they're just hoping that we can get to Orlando, get everybody healthy, and then start the season and be good to go. Yeah, and you know players have been testing, um, I believe, daily as they go into those facilities. Um, so the only thing I hope and I'm sure is happening is if those guys are getting their facilities shut down. Um, you know, they're still having someone come to their house, test them for COVID every day leading up to Orlando. The last thing you want is your team getting to Orlando and having to stay in your hotel room for two days only to test positive for COVID one of those two days. Um, so I I think they're being diligent. I think that they're doing what they need to do. Um, you know, you see, you see some, some leagues that aren't doing bubbles, um, and anything like that. But I think that the NBA is handling this the right way. Um, you know, there is a case to be made of, you know, maybe they shouldn't play these games um, because there are cases spiking specifically in Florida, I believe. So, um, yes, sir. so, that is you know, accurate. you have to just make sure those players aren't coming in contact with a lot of people. Only thing I would be concerned with in this bubble right now is um, Disney employees kind of acting out of line who aren't having to stay in the bubble um, and, and somehow giving a player COVID. Um, so hopefully that's not the case. I'm at this point, I think we're probably in it for the long haul. I think they're pretty committed. Um, teams leave this Thursday, I believe. So, um, as long as we get to that day, players can start testing those first couple days with those tests will be very telling Jonathan. So, um, we'll see what happens, but I'm, I'm more optimistic than I've been the past couple weeks, just because we're getting closer to that target date. Yeah. I don't think my, like, I'm just kind of like fearing the worst, I guess I would say. I don't think my confidence level as far as it's going to happen has changed at all, but it's just like, as especially like you mentioned here in Florida, we're hearing every single day that, Oh, we're new record, new record, new record high of all these COVID cases. So it's like, man, it's just like, I, I just hope it doesn't happen, but I still like, you know, we were talking before the show. I agree with you. I feel like we're in it for the long haul, and they're going to find a way to, to finish out the season no matter what happens. Yep, but Jonathan, the most important news of this podcast, the one that I'm most shaken up about being someone who, just like everybody else, is going to be viewing these games from home, is that it's been reported that Marv Albert will not be on staff for these games for TNT. Yeah, that's not great. It's it's a problem actually. You know, we don't really know the specifics of why or or what's going on with Marv Albert. Obviously, you know, he's an older gentleman. He's up there in mm-hmm. years, so they're probably just he's probably being overly cautious, um, which definitely can't blame him for. But what did these broadcasts look like? You know, if if people are just going to be 
you know, watching the games from home and, and they're finding a way to, um, you know, bring in their audio from that or are they bringing them into a studio and then they're kind of doing the same thing. I definitely can't imagine that they're going to be allowed to be in the bubble. So, um, yeah, just kind of wondering why exactly, but um, it's not really important. It just sucks that he's not going to be there. Um, and, 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 yeah, I mean, obviously want everybody staying healthy, and if you're not comfortable going to the bubble, then don't go, don't go into the bubble, but it's definitely unfortunate. Yeah, absolutely is. And I see, actually, um, I don't do this much, but in the Twitch chat, there is a, a comment from Wook77 that says, uh, thoughts on Paul Porter's voice lines being used for home games, quote unquote. I mean, I I love it. No, you, I think it's awesome. Give give us give us what what we what we can get. Um, kind of. I don't know if many teams are even doing that. I don't I don't know exactly. I don't even know how they're executing the Paul Porter thing. I'm guessing, like he said, you know, his voice lines, you know, his his phrases for for being the PA. You know, and what he says, and just kind of those um, staples that, that he says. Exactly. I think I that was Paul Porter. That justice, I just heard. But no, I think I, I, I just heard Paul Porter in the room, guys. No, but no, but I, I, I think, I, I think, uh, I think that it'll be good. I think it'll be fun as viewers that will probably be able to hear that PA since literally nothing else. <laughs> since nothing else, that was better. Yeah. There was nothing else <laughs> going on, uh, sound wise, besides players talking. We're definitely going to hear the PA. At least I hope we can. Right. Um, well, so, what's this yeah. nonsense about them throwing a, a delay on the games now because of bad language? That's not what we talked about, Adam. Right. Where was where was the censoring of bad language during the MJ doc? Huh? Exactly. Where was it? Exactly. So ESPN, I know that they're going to have some of these games. ESPN probably be on board. I'm guessing that the NBA or or TNT were like, no, we're not going to do that. So, well, that's um, too bad. Missed opportunity. I, I'm sure it was the NBA because TNT has guys like Shaq and Chuck who don't censor themselves incredibly well. So, um, I by the way, I'm I'm excited for that. I'm hoping that they are going to be terrible, and I'm hoping they'll be in studio, um, together, um, and and doing pregame, postgame stuff. I'm not sure. Have you heard anything about that? If they're going to be doing stuff for TNT, I, I haven't. I really hope so. Um, especially like. When it comes to the halftime of these games, they've got to give these guys breaks. How are they going to fill that time? I I think you're probably you might I wouldn't be, wouldn't be surprised if you do. You've seen a lot of late night shows do it just everything remote from home, right? Um, why not? I think it would be just as entertaining if if you had those guys all on on Zoom or whatever you know third party app to do that. So I think it would be fun. I I hope I hope they do that. I hope we get to have some more comedic relief from those guys. Um, they're always a good time. So, um, yeah, it would be awesome if we could get that. All right. Well, I think that's really all that we've got for, for news this week, Luke. Uh, last week we talked about last week, obviously we kind of went over the bottom of the Eastern conference, talking about the Orlando magic, the Brooklyn nets and the Washington wizards as, um, really as far as Orlando is concerned, those are really the three teams to watch, right? So this week we're going to kind of talk about the top of the Eastern Conference. Uh, the reason that this is important is because these are the teams that Orlando will be potentially matching up against. So we're going to run through the current standings, then run through the schedules of each team. Luke and I are going to break down what we project those records, kind of how they're going to shake out, what that is going to look like at the end of the season, and then also what that's going to meet you know, mean for our prediction of the uh, Orlando Magic and who their first round matchup is going to be. So, um, Luke, if you just want to start it off, just run through the the standings. What are we looking at record wise? Yeah. So, 
first of all, we'll get this out of the way now. Sorry to disappoint, guys. We're probably not going over the Bucks schedule. Um, Jonathan and I both have it locked down that they're going to be the one seed. They're si- the, the second seed, Toronto Raptors, are six and a half games back from them. There's eight games total. Do the math. The Bucks would have to have a catastrophe happen uh, for them not to get the one seed. So uh, it'll be Bucks in the one seed um, now and at going into the playoffs. So it's going to be right now it's Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Pacers, Sixers. And obviously you guys know uh, the rest of those standings. But that's what we're going to be going over today is kind of that one through six spot. Um, kind of the highlights of this, Jonathan, is the fact that Pacers won't have Oladipo. That obviously um, very much sways our predictions. Although I will say the Pacers played very well like throughout the year without Oladipo. They did a lot of this without him. So right. we'll see how it affects them. But you you do know when you get into playoff like atmospheres, which I think that we're going to get into like we touched on last week, sooner than you would normally in an NBA season, this playoff atmosphere probably is going to be there from the jump. When you don't have those star players on your lineup, it is a completely different feel. Um, kind of the monsters come alive on each roster with their big stars, and the Pacers really aren't going to have much of that um, going into this resumption of the season. So I think it's going to hurt them pretty badly, Jonathan, not to have that. And um, who knows, I, th- I think they probably will give up that five spot to the Sixers, um, who will then overtake them, and they will probably be sitting at, si- at six. All right, well, you're, ju- you're jumping ahead a little bit. We were going to break down the records and whatnot and, and go from well, there. Well, you know, Jonathan, I don't think it should surprise too many people that we no, have I, the I understand below. So, um, you know, right now they are tied, the Pacers and Sixers. They have the exact same record um so you know you you look at those rosters and you got to think that the Sixers are going to have a little bit of a leg up for that but we can go ahead and go from the top Jonathan if you want we can start you know with the Bucks like I said that's probably just going to stay we really don't have to touch on that much um and then you know talk about what we think can happen in that two three spot because there's definitely some interesting stuff there with the Celtics only being three games back uh, from the Raptors well this is the thing with Milwaukee you know being up you know they're the number one seed everybody knows that right now they're six and a half games up on the Raptors so with eight games to go Milwaukee only needs to win two games and then it's impossible for the Raptors to catch them so Milwaukee would have to go one and seven Toronto would have to go eight and oh and that's just Mm -hmm. I just don't see that happening you know what I mean so uh, but yeah I mean I I could ask you but I've got Milwaukee you know they're either going um, you know, seven and one or, or six and two. I think they're just going to drop a game somewhere. So they're going to the schedule breaks out like this: Boston, Houston, Brooklyn, Miami, Dallas, Toronto, Washington, Memphis. The one game I have them dropping is going to be that game against Toronto because at that time they'll have the number one seed locked up. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I I could see it. Nothing probably will surprise me when it comes to the Bucks and if they drop something because they're so far ahead and they're resting Giannis and those guys. Right. So, yeah, I, I think I'm I'm pretty much on board with you, Jonathan, with those that prediction, kind of their, their ceiling and their floor of losing maybe one or two games. So next up we've got the Toronto Raptors. So they're going to start the season. Tough matchup. Uh, what's going on, George, from Orlando Magic Nation in the chat, man? Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate that. But Toronto gets right to business against the Los Angeles Lakers. Then they play Miami, the Magic, Boston, Memphis, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and then they finish with Denver. Luke, how are you feeling about the Toronto Raptors? Uh, it doesn't start easy 
for Toronto. Um, Lakers and Heat, both not a cakewalk. Um, the Magic, not a cakewalk. Um, so I, I, I do have them beating the Magic, and I think that's going to be probably their first win of the resumption of the season. I've got them taking an L to the Lakers and the Heat um, and eventually you know, dropping games to the Bucks and the Nuggets there at the end. Um, so right now I've got their, their record, um, hovering at about four and four, um, for the Raptors. Yeah. I actually, um, kind of the, the, a little bit different though. I've got them, I've got them losing to the Lakers, obviously the first game, picking up wins against Miami and Orlando. Um, uh, sorry, losing to Boston, beating Memphis. I had them beating Milwaukee, uh, but then losing to Philadelphia and Denver there. So. Um, hmm. so I mean, I think four and four, three and five is probably what they're looking at. Um, you know, just because it, it's, there's, there's really no rhyme or reason to, to how these games are going to go, right? They're going to be largely pickup games. Um, but even, yeah. even with that, you know, they, they've got a three game lead, uh, on the, on the, the Celtics there. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that Toronto stays at the second seed. Um, and if everything shakes out the way that we want it to, it's going to be pretty ir- interesting for the magic. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Celtics, um, you know, if we want to jump down to their to their re- uh, schedule for the resumption. It's, you know, starting off also much like the Raptors starting off against a team they probably wouldn't want to. They're not easing into anything. The Celtics starting out against the Bucks. Um, so I have them taking a loss there. I have them beating the Blazers, beating the Heat, beating the Nets, losing to the Raptors, beating Orlando, Grizzlies, Wizards. Um, so I have the Celtics actually finishing the season um you know, there's eight games. I have them at six and two. So, um, I actually went five and three with the with the with the Celtics. So, definitely losses against uh, loss against Milwaukee. I feel like they're you know gonna beat Portland. Um, then I think they'll probably lose to to Miami. Uh, I think they'll they'll beat Brooklyn, lose to Toronto, but then finish out uh, with wins against Orlando, Memphis, and Washington. So, I mean. Pretty close once again, you know, three games back of Toronto right now. Um, I just don't think they're going to be able to make up that much ground. Um, Is I it three or three and a half? Do you know? No, it's it's solid three games. It's a solid three games. Okay, cool. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I'm, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I think, you know, these could go either way. Um, if I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about if the Raptors – you know, drop another game or two and the Celtics actually perform to what I have them predicted as we could get, it it could get interesting near the end. Um, It's going to come down to kind of those last few games and the Raptors, they've got Bucks, Sixers, Nuggets, which is a much harder schedule than what the Celtics have to finish the year, which is Magic's Grizzlies, Magic's, Magic Grizzlies, Wizards. You did not so, throw the S on to the end of. Magic. I was talking too fast. All right, don't yeah. don't do this to me. No, I shouldn't I'm... have stopped. Um, <laughs> so, um, but but I mean, Jonathan, if you look at that, the the end of those schedules, if the Raptors um, and and Celtics start slow or or something happens, that'll be pretty interesting to see. Obviously, I mean, I don't know what your opinion is, but would you rather play the Raptors or the Celtics? I me part of it is just because like. Uh, and, and it's tough, right, because it doesn't look like there's going to be any Jonathan Isaac, which is really, really disappointing because if you're telling me that we're running back essentially the same series as last year, round one, but you're removing Kawhi Leonard, I, I feel pretty good about that, right, especially if, you know, 
Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac's main job is going to be to try to slow down Siakam. You know, he's still going to get 20 a night or whatever. Um, but if you can get guys like Markel Fultz going, Evan Fournier, Vucevic, Ross, uh, and then just get anything offensively out of Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, DJ Augustine, those guys. I feel like we have a really good shot against the Raptors, but being as how there's not, it doesn't look like there's going to be Jonathan Isaac. We we just still don't know. I'm I like yeah. my heart says no, but I'm just like leaving out that little bit of hope that he will mm-hmm. be able to return. We know that he's back, you know, in the the Magic practice facility, you know, rehabbing. It was just what a month ago that he was running on the anti gravity treadmill. Yeah. So the first time that he's been running, but we still have another basically four weeks from now. So I think Toronto, um, Boston. I just feel like Boston has like four legitimate weapons, like four guys that really could be all stars. When you look at yeah. Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, still got guys you know like Marcus Smart, um, you know Daniel Dice. Boston scares me a little bit more than than Toronto does. Toronto, you could argue, plays you know better together as a as a team and as a unit. But when you're talking about pickup games, Luke, I don't know about you. When I'm at the rec playing pickup games, I'm trying to pick up the best players to be on my team. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to a yeah. pickup game, usually the talent wins out. Yeah, I mean, like I talked about earlier, uh, this this kind of carries over in the playoffs and and come that postseason intensity. You need those guys. Um, those stars that are able to step up and take over a game at a moment's notice. I mean, if you're the Celtics, you, you've got guys like Kemba. You've got guys like Jason Tatum. You've even got guys like Gordon Hayward, um, who these guys can can take over a game at a moment's notice because um, they've been there before, you know, especially you know when I talk about guys like Gordon Hayward and obviously Kemba being the sole guy um, on, on the Hornets for so long. Um, you know, I, I think that that would pose more of a threat um, the Raptors, they don't, they don't have Kawhi anymore. I think that um, we would probably match up better with them. Obviously, Siakam poses a much greater threat against us if we don't have J.I., which, like you said, it's seeming like we're not going to have him. Um, but if we did, whole different story, Jonathan. My attitude completely changes. But nevertheless, I'm still hoping that we get the Raptors. I'm hoping they don't mess up in these eight games that they have back. Um, and I'm hoping that the Magic can capitalize on their eight games and move to that seven spot, and we can just get a rematch of Raptors and Magic without Kawhi Leonard, please. Well, thankfully, that's impossible, <laughs> right? Like, I don't even know what would have to happen, but just Hey, it's please. 2020. Yeah. Anything can happen. Hey, Kanye's you know? running for president, so. Kawhi just we, walks out in a Raptors thought it was going to be a know? joke, but mm-hmm. here we are. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Um, let's not get into politics. Let's move it on to the to the Miami Heat. Um, when it comes to the Heat, Luke, I've got them going four and four. So their their schedule looks like this: Denver, Toronto, Boston, Milwaukee, Phoenix, Indiana, Oklahoma City, and then Indiana again. So I have them uh, losing the first two games. Toronto, uh, excuse me, Denver, and then Toronto picking up the next game, winning against Boston, losing against Milwaukee, wins against Phoenix and Indiana a loss against the Oklahoma City Thunder, and then they pick up that final game uh, and beat the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, I um, I have them actually, let's see, I have the Heat going 5-3. and three. Um, So I have them dropping that Nuggets game, uh, winning Raptors, um, loss against Celtics, loss against the Bucks, beat the Suns, beat the Pacers, beat the Thunder, beat the Pacers again. So um, I've got them at 5-3. and three. Um 
So as you can see right now, it really isn't too much shake up here at the top. Although I, like I said, you know, wouldn't be completely insane if the Celtics do end up somehow jumping the Raptors either. So um, there's some drama that could happen at the, at the top with those two and three seeds, but hopefully not. You don't seem to be too high on the Raptors. I'm, I'm not. Drop I mean, the take. I, drop the take. Lock and load. I I mean I don't know. It's just obviously last year with with Kawhi it was a whole different story. But um, with the Raptors this year, I mean they they're obviously a great team. They've only got 18 losses. Um, but I do think it's a whole different thing when it comes to playoffs. You know, a lot of those guys. Um, guys like Fred Van Vliet who kind of take that t step up and are due for a paycheck coming soon. Um, those guys have that playoff experience. Um, but I, I still don't, I still don't know about the Raptors. I just, there's a lot of, I, I'm not sure why, like, it's one of those things that I really can't pinpoint exactly why you're not, um, you're not, not high, high on, on skinny Marcus all that's Marcus all's losing a lot of weight. That's insane. Him and, and Jokic, right? Yeah, so, Yoke, oh my gosh. They're they're both both big men just losing weight, so that'll be interesting to see what Marcus all if he changes his play style at all if he's able to kind of is he going to be able to handle Nikola Vucevic? Okay, all right, I think he will be that, just fine. But <laughs> that's that's a legitimate question. Don't brush <laughs> it off. It? Don't roll your eyes. Is is that a legitimate? Look, question? he completely embarrassed Vucevic in the playoffs last year, right? Yeah, but I mean, maybe losing twenty pounds. Vooch will be able to be a little bit more physical, move him out of the way, get to the basket. I'm being I'm being hopeful here. Don't don't kill my hope. I'm sorry. Don't be I a killjoy. I'm I might have to be here. I don't I don't see a world where Vucevic gets the best of, of Marc Gasol. Last year really took the wind out of my sails. <laughs> Sounds going like into it. that going into that series, I just remember thinking, Oh, it shouldn't be bad. Like Vucevic is an all star, right? It's just and it's, then it's Gasol it got, and his Valanchunas just give him so many oh. problems. Oh, it's it was gross. Hard to watch, as every Magic fan knows. But um, nonetheless, we'll uh, jump into this next uh, next. Is we getting into the Pacers now? Yeah, go ahead. Um, so for the Pacers, uh, I've got them going four and four, um, losing to the Sixers, beating the Wizards, Magic, Suns, um, Lakers, losing, losing to the Heat, losing to the Rockets, and then beating the Heat. Um, at the end of the season. So I've got them going four and four. So I've got them going uh, three and five. Uh, they, they dropped that first game against Philadelphia. Um, but then they, act, they pick up three straight wins, Washington, Orlando, Phoenix start feeling really good about themselves. Um, but then to end it, four straight losses, Lakers, Miami, Houston, Miami. Um, and that is actually going to be uh, enough uh, as we've talked about a little bit earlier and we'll talk about the 76ers in a moment uh, but it's going to be just enough for them to drop down um, you know to that six seed yeah I mean if you, you know you've got the Sixers right with them they're tied and like I said and we're gonna have the Sixers end up jumping them um, but yeah Pacers go four and four and the thing is I don't think it's impossible that the Pacers hold that five spot um, because like I said, majority of the year, they played without Oladipo. Um, so they know what it's like. This won't be, you know, this won't be uncharted territory for them. So, um, they could hold on to that spot. We could see the Sixers. I mean, the Sixers really underperformed this year when you look at them being the six, <clears throat> excuse me, the six seed. Um, they, like I said, and have said many times on this podcast, they struggle on the road. 
and who knows what these factors of being in, at Disney and the guidelines following the rules. Um, if if you know Embiid might struggle during the games for whatever reason, um, for the same reasons he might struggle on the road. Um, you know, not his home court, not the same, really the same feeling. Um, so who knows? Best it, home record in the league this year. And exactly, and but the thing with the Sixers is, um, you know, near the end of their break or near the end of the break that we didn't know was coming, they were dropping games to to teams who are who are sub five hundred teams who were essentially just lottery teams. They were dropping games to those guys as well as losing on the road all year. So to to have the best home record and be a six seed that speaks to how just terrible they were on the road. So there's a lot of factors, and that is why I say. I wouldn't be too shocked if the Sixers stay at six and the Pacers stay at five, but I do have the Sixers stepping up to the, to the moment and, and going five and three and jumping the Pacers. But largely this has to do with what the Pacers do and how they react without having Depot. Um, but I, I see, I can see a world where both, you know, where those things happen both ways. So I'm, I'm not too confident that it will end that way, but that is what I'm predicting. Yeah, I I think I definitely would be you know a little bit a little bit shocked if uh, Indiana is able to hold on to that five seed just because of the fact that like I said I've got you know Indiana going three and five over the next eight games I've got Philadelphia going six and two as we look at their record um, and, and we look at their schedule here so they start off with the Pacers but then the Spurs uh, the Wizards Orlando Portland Phoenix Toronto Houston so as we look at you know these teams. Um, you know, going into this bubble, it seems like a lot of teams have a really, really tough schedule where if you look at the 76ers, it's, it's kind of favorable, right? Like Indiana, I expect them to, to win that game. Uh, San Antonio, who just has not been the Spurs this year, I think they'll win that game as well. Washington, who I think is really just going to roll over, you know, you and I have talked about in this bubble. Uh, but then Orlando, Portland, Phoenix. So we're, we're talking about one, two, three, four, Five of these teams that they're playing really are, you know, have the potential to not even make the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Um, also, something kind of, I don't know if it's breaking, but it, it's something that Spencer Dinwiddie put out. Um, I have his sweet notifications on because we don't know if he's going to, you know, be playing. We assumed he wasn't, right? Um, and still, I'm kind of assuming I'm not too optimistic that Spencer Dinwiddie would be out on the court. Um, but he said day 10 update sinus pressure headaches when I get up are starting to subside, but I was a little too bullish on the bike, got dizzy and felt weak. Uh, but if I can get a negative test tomorrow, they're going to get me back on court Tuesday. All right. Not great for the magic, but not, not great. Um, but news is news. And that's something that the magic will have to game plan for whether they like it or not is, um, you know, with the nets, um, being on our schedule, um, you know, twice. Dinwiddie being yeah twice. So you've got a lot of people replying to him saying sit out. You know you don't need to play that type of stuff. So it'll be interesting. I said if he tests negative for his next test, they'll get him back on the court Tuesday. So that's going to be kind of news that I'm sure we'll cover in the next pod if Spencer Dinwiddie will be back. Yeah, if he if he sits out, you can just you could just like send us the check for the seventh seed because it's a wrap. <laughs> It'll yeah. literally be Karis LeVert and, and Joe Harris that will have to lead them, you know, to a to a better record than the Orlando Magic. And I don't, I'm not really all that confident in it. If but. if he plays, do you change your prediction that we set last week? Like, not does really. it change a lot? 
Not really, um, to be honest, because last week I, I, I've kind of always had the feeling that he was going to play. Um, he just, To me, he just seems like a guy that is going to play if he's able to play. But, you know, we've heard the news that obviously, you know, DeAndre Jordan, he's not going to be playing. I think that's a, a pretty big loss, um, especially for, for their second unit. Um, you know, Jarrett Allen is obviously a stud, but um, DeAndre Jordan has been a really great defensive player in this league for a really long time. But, um, no, I, I don't think it really changes whatsoever for me. I think I had the Nets going like three and five or something like that um, with the Magic going four and four. So just barely able, you know, to, to squeak past them for the seventh seed. If Dinwiddie doesn't play, I'm probably going to drop that down to like two and six or, or keep it at three and five, something like that. Yeah. So that's something to look for if you're a Magic fan, um, being that is one of the teams that we will play the most of in the um, resumption of the season. So um, something to look out for. But anyway, we can get back into uh, what we were talking about. Just figured I'd bring it up because it popped up. So, um, yeah, just, you know, talking about the, that Sixers-Pacers thing. And um, I think we pretty much well wrapped up that subject. But, um, you know, and end of the day, won't be surprised either way, I don't think. Yeah, so, I mean, just to kind of recap, I think the only movement that I, I have and that I'm pretty comfortable saying is going to be that Philadelphia jumps Indiana and Philadelphia gets to that, that fifth seed. I think everything else is really going to, you know, stay where it is. I think, obviously, between one and two, there's just too much space. Between two and three, I think there's just enough space, um, you know, for Toronto to hold on to the second seed, leaving Boston as the third seed. And then Miami, I think they're going to stay right where they are. Um, once again, I think Orlando's going to jump Brooklyn. So, Luke, I think we are going to get that Toronto, um, that matchup in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that would be big. But, you know, looking at these standings of what you have after the prediction with not too much movement besides Pacers and Sixers, is there a matchup um, in your notes that stands out and one that you would like as a ma- as not as a Magic fan, as a basketball fan, um, to sit down and watch that series? Yeah, for me, it's going to be Miami and Philadelphia, four and five, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I mean, the return of Jimmy Butler to Philadelphia, um, and then out of the first round matchup of the East, I feel like those are just the the two teams that um, you could tell me either one of those teams wins the series, and I would believe you. Uh, outside yeah. of that, I mean, we're, we'd be looking at Milwaukee and Brooklyn. That's a sweep. We'd be, you know, Toronto and Orlando. I think that could be a really, you know, entertaining series. Uh, and then we're looking at, you know, Boston and Indiana. And I, I think Indiana probably could put up a good fight, but I think I would pick the Celtics in probably five or six in that series pretty easily. Yeah, um, I think I'm with you on that. Um, obviously, I'm with you on the Heat Sixers. There are two teams that they they have a lot of par- parallels um, with their how they perform home and away. Um, both of them have incredible home records, um, atrocious away records. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do on a neutral court um, with with no fans and nothing really, no nothing to distract them. Um, so it'll be interesting if we do. I hope I'm rooting for that matchup. I'm hoping there's no movement there in the uh, regular season, and I hope we can get that matchup. Um, I like you said, I'm not surprised either way of of who wins that series. Um, I would probably go with the Sixers um, just because they had that, that playoff experience last year. They've been together longer. Um, but it, it would be interesting to see that storyline with, with Jimmy Butler going back to Philadelphia. Yeah, you got Jimmy Butler going back to Philadelphia. You got Josh Richardson going back to Miami. You know, there's bad blood. We're between. saying going back like they're actually going to go there, but they're just playing against them. Oh, I, that's right. That's, see, that's the crappy thing about this. You forget all that stuff. 
yeah, it's it's unfortunate that we don't get to see them play in like those environments they were just playing in the year before. Um, but yeah, it's just going to be uh, my such brain an was trying to escape thing. reality for a moment, and you just kind of lassoed me back in. I listen. I I can't blame you, but I was I I caught myself and I was like, wow, they're they're, they're really not, really not going to be going back anywhere. They're just going to be in the same hotel together uh, and playing each other. So. Well, um, really, what yeah. I was referring to is like Josh Richardson's going to be playing against like his former teammates, right. Jimmy Butler. Yeah, no, be we, against his former we, teammates. Listen, there's, there's a little bit know of bad you, blood there. We, we know what you meant, and uh, and yeah, I mean, there's that's going to be a dramatic series. Um, I do wonder if there will be more or less, um, kind of just like refs having to step between players with there not being fans. I can't help but think that when there are fans, um, the the crowd kind of plays into it. And if you hear that crowd get loud um, when something starts, when a player um, fouls a player or pushes a player, if we're going to have those same intense interactions, will they, will they spike and will they increase or will they decrease with a lack of fans there? I think, I think there will probably be less um, just because, like you said, there's not the fans there to kind of antagonize everything. And guys right. also kind of realize, you know, the, the ramifications of not only the coronavirus and everything, but the, the social injustice, you know, platform and, and the, the message that they're going to be trying to, to put forth. I also feel like a lot of guys are, are going to kind of maybe put their egos aside and just be happy to be playing basketball again. But, I mean, you got a guy like, um, you know, Tyler Hero, who sometimes can be a little bit of an instigator if you ask Michael Carter-Williams or like a, mm. especially like a Patrick Beverly. Patrick yeah. Beverly, you could bet your life savings on the fact that he's <laughs> going to be getting into something. Um, oh, that's, that, that, that's, that's, his, that's his thing. That's, he has to. He's not Pat Bev if he doesn't get into altercations with players. That's what he's there for. He's a pest, and that's his job. Fans or not, like that is how he's going to play because that's his role. But... um yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see. I think once we get into the postseason, um, you know, not that they'll forget about, you know, the things of being able to wear social injustice phrases on their back, which all got approved this past week. I think there was like a, a, quite a few different phrases that they could use um, on their jerseys. But I think that's only for a limited amount of time at the very beginning. Um, I so I think four come, games. Yeah, so I think come postseason um, – we're going to see, you know, it might get a little ugly. Um, I'm interested to see. Because, like, like you said, it's pickup games, essentially, but with refs and, you know, the guys that you've played with um, for a while now. But there still is that thing. Pickup games are, I feel like, are a little different because, you know, you, you, you're you just with those guys and it's pretty, like, intimate in that way that there's no fans around, there's no people watching. And I think it might be easy to exchange words and then get your pride hurt a little bit and go at oh, yeah. them um and i did come postseason i think that's when we'll see it maybe not so much in the first part of the regular season because like you said they'll be happy to be back um but I, I'm, I'm interested to see when the postseason especially what happens yeah everybody talks a little bit of trash when you're playing pickup nothing wrong with that but it'll definitely be interesting to see if any of that kind of escalates any any further than that so I think, but that pretty much wraps up, um, you know, what we are going to discuss as far as subject matter this week. Next week, I think we're going to break down, you know, most of the the Western Conference. Luke, I'm really excited to talk about the West because just looking at the standings, really outside of the one two seed, I think the Lakers pretty much have it locked up, much like the Bucks. Um, mm-hmm. But just two through, you know, 
8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of room for movement there. So definitely excited to, for those guys uh, to get back to playing basketball. But it's going to be exciting to talk about next week. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, there's a lot, a lot of the closeness there in the standings. Um, you know, you've you you've got that game and a half uh, between two and three, uh, game and a half between three and four, game one game total between four and five um, and six because Houston and OKC have the same uh, record right now. Um, and then you've got Dallas, um, and that's kind of it. Drops off after that, and you kind of start focusing on the who's going to get that eight spot between Memphis, Portland, and New Orleans, um, and you know, the Kings for what it's worth and the Suns for what it's worth. So, um, a lot of closeness there, a lot of things that we'll be able to get into Jonathan, much like this week, we will break that down and then, you know, talk about the series that we'll be looking forward to, um, based on kind of what we predict might not get too specific about the regular season games might just give you guys our predictions that really going game by game because there are so many teams. Um, but it'll be fun to kind of see what we end up with um, going into next week's show and what teams that we can expect to play against each other and kind of storylines there. Yeah, it's definitely going to be awesome to see, especially when you look at like the difference between the three seed and the Houston Rockets, the six seed, it's just two and a half games. So right. it's going to get crazy. It's going to be really, it's just going to be good to have basketball back. Luke, you got anything else? No, nope, I think that's it. Hope you guys had a good uh, 4th of July and uh, we'll catch you guys next week absolutely america baby i posted on social media there's a lot of flaws in this country obviously but regardless i'm still proud to be an american i still think it's the best country in the world to live in uh, but we definitely need to fix some things but one thing that's getting fixed pretty soon is we're getting basketball back so mm-hmm. we'll be back next week guys every single monday throughout the rest of the season and the off season into next season so thank you guys so much for listening to the six man show for luke this has been jonathan and we will catch you guys next time see ya thanks for listening to the six man show be sure to subscribe on itunes spotify google play and stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review it would really help us out a lot follow us on twitter and instagram at six man show and like us on facebook we'll catch you guys next time go magic